You're listening to the Corporate Quitter Podcast, where it's all about exploring possibilities for making an honest living outside of the traditional nine to five. Welcome to this episode of Corporate Quitter. I'm your host, Gabby Ionella. Today's guest, she's a powerhouse. Her name is Gwendolyn Young. She's a highly sought after organizational communications and administrative expert. She serves as the founder and the CEO of Your Virtual Admin Expert LLC, an online business management support agency for professional service providers, coaches, and consultants who are helping others get the mental, emotional, physical, and financial well-being they deserve, which as I know from being a business owner and from the freaking hundreds of business owners I've talked to, we all need mental, emotional, physical, financial financial support all the fucking time. So I'm so glad that you're on to like talk about these things because admin support is so necessary. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Gabby. I'm super excited to be here with you. Yeah. So can you give us a backstory? Like how did you fall into basically being the CEO of your own company? Because I'm sure it wasn't linear, probably maybe wasn't expected and it just like fell into your lap, but now you're running with it. So what's the story? Absolutely. You are right on all of those points. And I love when I'm asked this question, right? Because it always kind of surprises people because I fell into entrepreneurship by the way of a medical diagnosis. So in 2013, I was diagnosed with systemic lupus and I had to come off of that corporate cushy job that I loved so much, by the way. But during that recovery process, I just realized that I did not want to go back. I didn't want to have to choose between my health and doing the work that I love. I didn't want to have to ask for permission to go to the doctor. I did not want to ask for permission to take a nap during the day or explain why I couldn't make it somewhere to a meeting or whatever at a specific time in the morning. You know, just all the bureaucratical shit that goes on with working in a corporate environment. So I was just like, what am I supposed to do? And I just clearly heard it's in your hands. And so I started to dig into like, what does that actually mean and look like? Started to do some research and found that there was this entire industry that was doing administrative and operations work right from home in the virtual space. And I was like, well, that is what I'm going to do. And that is how this whole business was born and how I became um, an entrepreneur. That's so awesome. I mean, not the diagnosis, but it's so awesome that you were able to take something that a lot of people take as like, kind of like a life's end, right? Like my life is over type of thing. Like this sucks. Like I can't really move from here. And lupus, from what I've heard, is a very like debilitating, you know, it's not a pleasant place to be, especially when you're a really, really high achiever. So the fact that you're able to say like, I'm going to fucking do it anyway. I'm going to figure out a way to make it work. It may look different than the outcome that I thought I was going to have in this life. But instead you like took life by the ball, so to speak, and you made it better. Yes, that was exactly it. So thank you. (laughs) Yeah, of course. No, I mean, I'm so grateful that you could be on and share that. I talk to a lot of people and a lot of them have issues with like health things. And they're like, how do I leave a job that maybe provides the health insurance, but is actually crippling my mental health, right? There's a both between like, how do I like take the naps? How do I replenish my energy? How do I be in a space that's good? But I'm freaking the fuck out because of insurance and money, right? There are two different sides of the same coin. Absolutely. And it's a huge thing that you have to consider, right? But you also have to ask yourself, how much is your health actually worth, right? Because if you stay in that role, you're not going to be able to stay in that role for very long anyway, right? Because it's going to end up being out on disability or something like that because of all of the mental stress and the physical stress that you're going to deal with. And so we have to just say, okay, how can I make this work? What can I do? Because either way, I'm going to have to work hard at figuring out something, whether I stay there or I take the risk on my own. Yeah. 
we both coming from America, it's the way of like, we have to have insurance, right? You have to do things that way. It's just the typical way. And the fact that you went against the grain and you're still struggling with this condition, this health condition, like you rock, like you're the shit, like you've done the things (laughs) that a lot of people wouldn't be able to do. So fuck yeah, like props to you, girl. (laughs) I love that. So hopefully somebody will be inspired by that to just know that like they can do this too if they want. You know what I mean? It's not an easy road, but it can be done. Yeah. So awesome. Another inspiring story on the show, which I love. So I want to like switch gears a little bit and kind of talk business. So like, what are some of the strategies that businesses can utilize to get more of their time back? Right. That's like the thing that everyone wants, especially as an entrepreneur. Like I have this business, I have this idea, but how the hell do I use my time effectively? Like what does a well-oiled machine even look like? Am I running a business efficiently? Like SOS help. (laughs) That's kind of like where people like you come in. (laughs) Absolutely. And so systems, automation, delegation, those are like the top three strategies that I will tell any business owner to utilize to get more of their time back. Because when you have a weld oil machine and I probably look at it a little differently than other people, but it means that you have a team or business or system that's clearly defined. People know exactly what needs to be done, when it needs to be done, how it needs to be done. They're trained properly on those systems and processes, and they're executing flawlessly on that, right? And so that's really what a well-oiled machine is, is looking at your business and saying, how do I minimize these daily fires that pop up, right? Because we as entrepreneurs, Typically, that's where you spend your time is putting out fires every day instead of really working on the meat and potatoes of your business. And so getting to that weld oil machine place is saying, how do I minimize these daily fires so that they're just a rare occurrence that's happening in the business, right? And this is because you've done the work in the very beginning, setting that foundation, building out the systems, building out the processes, you're systematizing, you're automating, and you're doing things in a more proactive way instead of reactive. That is what a well oil business machine looks like. Yeah. And I love how when we had first met, when we were talking about processes, right, strategizing what we were going to talk about and all those things, you had mentioned, and it seems so simple, but I was like, oh my God, why have I never done this? The fact that like when you're talking about processes, right, things that you need to do, we never actually write down what needs to be done. So we don't actually know our processes, right? And I was like, holy crap, she's onto something. Cause like in my head, I know what I need to do. Like, I don't know how to put it on paper and actually make it so that I can find, right? Cause once you realize what the system is from point A to point B, like you can then find tools to supplement that to make your life easier versus buying another, I'm like a serial tool collector. <laughs> like I just keep buying tools and subscriptions that do shit. Cause I don't know what they're supposed to be used for. And that does not do anything. I think that is probably every entrepreneur's journey when they do that. I call it part of that whole shiny object syndrome as well. And then, like you said, I just don't know what I don't know. So I'm going to buy every damn thing and I'll figure out what they all can do. And then they all don't do anything, at least not the things that I need them to do based on my processes. And so you're absolutely right. It's one of the things that I always say is sit down and map out the process first, get all of the details, get all of the key items that go into that process of what it is that you want to see done, write it all out, all the key steps, all the details, and then organize them in the right order. Because when you get them out of your head, they still may not necessarily be in the right order, right? Because you're just kind of brain dumping. I'm like, just brain dump it all. But then you're going to sequentially put them in place. And then you're going to say, okay, here's where the gaps are. 
I really wish that this was in there or, oh, you know what? We need to do this after that step. That's how you're going to get a very succinct process. And now you're ready to find a system that can help you deliver that process in a way that works really well for your company, as well as for the client on the other side. That's going to be the most important piece. Absolutely. Making sure you map it out first. Do you have any other suggestions for like that type of, I guess maybe you would call it your ideal process, like task, right? You're like basically sitting down and doing that work. But like, again, there's the concept of like, you don't know what you don't know. So maybe you're not recognizing the breakdown. So do you have any like strategies or like recommendations for people to like basically figure their shit out kind of? Yeah, I always say sit down and look at the service you're providing. Sit down, look at and say, what am I doing? What am I providing to people? So once you know what you provide, now you can map out what do I want that to look like? So we'll just say as an example, right? I'll take the client onboarding process. So I wanted to make sure that that process for client onboarding was something that was very seamless, that made me appear like I was a fucking rock star in the client's eyes before they even started working with me. Like I wanted them to come into the relationship like, oh my God, she is so organized and got all her shit together because of that one process. So I said, what is it that I want them to experience when they go through these steps, right? And it was like, okay, I want them to feel educated. I want them to feel welcome. I want them to feel like they're getting someone on their team that is super organized and has all of their stuff together. So I literally mapped out, I want them to do this, 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 and that. And then I was like, here's what I want. Now let me go find a system that does that. And I found a platform where I could literally build out the workflow of the steps I mapped out from A to Z, click a button, and it simply just goes. Client says, yes, they want to work with me. I did not want there to be a, a delay, right? That's the number one thing in the process. So I click the button. It sends the quote. Soon as they sign off on the quote, the contract pops up. Soon as they sign off on that, the invoice pops up. Soon as they pay the invoice, it automatically shoots out this welcome email that they get that has a link for them to schedule their appointment. They schedule, they get an automated reminder. So by the time they get on the call with me, they're just like, holy shit. She's legit as fuck. Yes, yes, yes. And the first thing they're always saying is, how can I do that for my client? It's the first thing they say. So, but you have to know what it is that you're delivering and how you want that person to feel when they're going through the process. And then you just map it all out. And that's why writing out the process is so important. Yeah, I love that. I need to remind myself to continually do those things. I will say that Trello helps me because I can move tiles around and like, versus writing, because I'm terrible with writing on scrap piece of papers. I have like ideas and then all of a sudden the scrap piece of paper is like in a random drawer somewhere and it doesn't help. No, that's perfectly fine. Whatever works, like whether it's a Trello, a whiteboard. I know some people use little note keepers. The key is to get it out of your head so that you can see what's in there and you can quickly find out what's missing. Yeah. The cool thing too, what I've found out over time is like now that I've built up a network of people, especially with being in the podcast world, is that if you really don't know a part of your process, you can ask a business friend, like just be like, hey, I'm working this out. Am I missing anything? Right. Versus like, I'm not going to ask my mom or like my girlfriend from home. Like she's not a business owner. Like they can't do anything. I mean, not that they can't offer advice, but like it's a completely different world. Like they're not going to know it like you would know, right? Calendly exists. Dubsado exists. Honeybook exists. Like these amazing tools that really make your life easier. Yeah. 
And that's all part of mapping out that process, right? That's for testing. You're going to define what are the triggers that you need to take one step from the next, right? That's all part of those triggers. That's part of having the people involved when you're doing that process. So you need key people, which are your testers. You want someone to experience it from the customer side as well. So you might get mom to do it or someone else just to say, hey, I need you to go to this page and sign up for my thing so I can see what it does and tell me all the things that happen after they did that, right? Because sometimes the people who are not in this world have really great ideas as well. And they might be like, hey, well, I didn't get this. Or have you thought about this? Because that might be helpful. And then that's something else that you can go back and put into the process. That's a good idea. I didn't even think from a consumer side. But yeah, I guess if you're a consumer looking to hire a business, it's so cool what technology can do. It's like Calendly alone is probably my favorite fucking tool. Like that thing saves me literally hours probably of trying to go back and forth with booking time with clients. Oh my gosh, yes. Like what's your favorite tool that you use? I'd have to say, I have so many, Gabby. That's kind of a trick I know question. it's a hard question, but I'm just curious. <laughs> but I'll have to say that my absolute favorite tool is 17 Hats. What is that? I've never heard of that before. So it's sort of kind of like a Dubsado. It's just not as pretty as Dubsado, <laughs> but it's super functional. And I would have to say it's my favorite because it took some of my processes from like 45 minutes manual to down like literally five to 10 minutes because I was able to build in so many workflows right into the system. I can keep to-do lists related to clients in there. I have automated all of my billing in there so I don't have to worry about chasing people for invoices. And it's also where I do lead capture in. So I've got about five or six things that are feeding into that one system and everything's in one place. So it is probably absolutely my favorite. And I got it at a steal of a deal. It's like 300 bucks for two years. So I was like, that's so, oh my God. Well, when you look at like, I don't even think HoneyBook isn't that expensive or Dubs Auto, which are all kind of similar, right? They're like invoicing client management portals, platforms, very well. But like it can get pricey. And then you look at like how much I'm spending and how much you're making. You're like, oh, like, I don't know. Like it looks good to look legit, right? It makes them spending easier, right? Because it's confirmation of like, this is a good investment. But at the same time, if your profit margin is so small, you're like, "Mm," like, I don't know. So I've never heard of 17 hats. I'm going to have to look into that. And see, that was my thing. I was like, well, I'm not a creative and my clients don't really care about pretty. They care about execution and functionality. So I was like, "Ah, 150 bucks a year. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm literally going to look that up after this call, right? You know, we're talking about a lot of processes that like are requiring us, but like, what about delegating? Because in an ideal world, right, especially with like the four hour work week and stuff, right, as Tim Ferriss calls, like basically you're delegating work to be done by other people, whether it's virtual assistants, VAs, maybe even other people like graphic designers, or in my case, like audio editors. Like, how do you become a person who's like, right, this is your baby, your business. You want to hold onto it so tightly that you can't delegate, to now a master delegator and you hire the right people? Well, you just hit it on the head, hiring the right people and making sure your systems and things are in place. That is what makes it easier to hand off because delegation is so critical to entrepreneurs being able to scale their businesses, right? We want time. We want money. We want to reduce bottlenecks. We want to avoid duplication of efforts. So we have to delegate. And so if we learn to do that well, we're going to actually maintain a lot of our energy for the things that are most important. A couple of things that are super important is really 
identifying the blocks to delegation. I always say this is the first one because just like you said, it's that fear of delegating. And usually the reasons have to do with because as entrepreneurs, we're perfectionists. We've got this layer of self-protection or our systems are not in order and we don't really have all of our shit together and we're afraid for somebody else to see that. (laughs) The first thing we have to do is identify like, why am I afraid to delegate? Why do I not want to do it? So that we can really say, okay, I don't have to be afraid of that. Like we can combat those barriers and put things in place. So we got to know why, why is the block there? What is that? Then we have to set up that fail safe system. That's going to be super important. So before you can even start delegating, you have to set up some sort of system where that's your Trello, or in my case, like I use a teamwork projects. I know other people use like a base camp for a project management system, but you want to have some sort of system in place because you have to keep in mind that the people that you outsource to, the people people that you're delegating to, they might have their own systems, right? So you want to make it clear that this is what we're using and this is how we use it so that people can be successful when they do that. A lot of times what happens is we will delegate tasks, but we're not delegating to people how we want things done. We're just saying, hey, here it is, figure it out. But inside, there's a certain way that we do it and that we want it to be done. And we're not sharing that piece with people. A lot of entrepreneurs, they're like, hey, here's all the things. And then I'm like, hey, do you have video tutorials? Do you have standard operating procedures? And they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I've made that issue many times. And then I learned about Loom, which is a fucking awesome product. It's all glad. And I just record everything that I do. And then there you go. Yes. And you just hit my third one that is so super important is streamlining those processes, right? Like go through your processes, do all of the tasks that you do, make sure that you're writing out step-by-steps or you're recording video looms. I do a video for everything. If I do a task, I am videoing it because there's a great chance it's going to have to be done again, but I don't necessarily need to be the one that's doing it. So I record myself doing every single task. That is how we started to build out our SO. And so for those who are foreigners, but I know you guys are familiar with this, those are standard operating procedures. And then you can send the video off to like a Timmy or Rev.com, have them transcribe it for you. So now you have a written step-by-step SOP along with a video tutorial. And now you have something that you can hand off to those that you're delegating to. And it's super easy. So no matter what their learning style is, visual or written, audio, they have something they can use to just go step by step. And that keeps the train moving extremely fast, right? And now you can scale, you can repeat, you can repeat because all you have to do is, hey, here's the tutorial for this task, go do it, right? That's amazing. And then of course, hiring the right people, like you said, so important to find the right people to do the job. This is where you get the biggest bang for your buck. And so you want to make sure that you're considering their expertise when you're bringing them on to the team. And don't expect your hires to do every single thing. I call it the Frankenstein job where you have one person you hire and then you want them to do five, six, seven, eight, nine things. And then you're wondering why the quality is not there. It's because they're all over the place instead of focus on the one or two, three things that they do extremely well. And I I could go on if you want. I'm glad that you touched on like all these different components, even like, for example, like, right, we touched on Loom. Like I've heard of the website rev.com 
And I've heard of it as like a side gig, right? People can like do transcription, but for someone as like a business owner to say, yeah, I use it as an additional component to build out like standard operating procedures was like a light bulb in my head of like, that is so smart. Like if you really did that with everything and I'm talking like, like I have so many videos I get on client calls, like podcast stuff, like if I were to take every piece of content that I made and probably had someone transcribe it, yeah, it might cost some money, but there you go. I've got SOPs. I've got maybe an ebook for all I know. Like I probably have so much content that I never even thought that I had that I could use. You know, like you said, people are visual learners, audio learners, right? They read like, so different ways of reaching people is so vital. Absolutely. And that's the key. We have to start looking at our tools as things that are investments to our business, right? Because it's going to cost us. Think about the cost of if somebody has to sit there and transcribe 20 hours of content versus if you upload it to a rev.com and have them transcribe it, right? There's going to be a cost associated with it, but the cost might be a little bit cheaper if you just use the platform and now you can get into a flow, right? Because rev.com, a little secret I'll let you in on for those business owners and entrepreneurs that are using Zoom, they have a plugin that you can plug right into your Zoom calls and it will transcribe while you're right on the meeting. So when you get off the meeting, you literally can have the minutes to your call. If there's an easier, faster, more efficient way to do stuff, Gabby, I'm going to find it. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cool though. I didn't know that existed. Yes. And it's amazing. Wow. Cause you know how it is too, like, especially like with client calls, like I will go through as I'm talking with the client and like write down, like, these are your next steps, right? These are the things you need to do. But if they're already done, that leaves me more time to be present with them. And right, they don't need to take notes either. It's kind of like we're both where we need to be, which is right with each other versus being like, you're still multitasking if you're even if you're taking notes, you know? Yes. Let the systems do the work for you. So cool. Good old technology. You know, now that we're again talking more tools, technology and all that stuff, I want to talk automation a bit because I think it's a big one in the business space of like, right, how do we make the process less painful? How do we make it so that it's like, again, the well-oiled machine? So like, what are some of your automation staples or must-have that you recommend for businesses, whether it's like appointment scheduling, client onboarding, like billing? Like, I know you talked about 17 hats, but is there anything in addition when it comes to automation that has like been your saving grace? Calendly, of course, which you've already mentioned, 17 hats. You can do QuickBooks online for invoicing if you wanted to do that as well. Those are probably the biggest ones. Teamwork projects is another great one because you can build specific things into that, especially if you're managing a team. And so one of the things that I love about that is it has these utilization reports that are automatically created as people are working on different tasks. So we can actually go in at any moment and see like some of the things like where the capacity of our team. So we can say, oh my gosh, so-and-so is only at like 4% capacity. So that tells me a couple of things. Either they don't have enough work to do or they're not tracking their work appropriately the way that they need to. And I can see that at a very high level. And that's run for me on a daily basis automatically. So that's good. So I'd say those are probably the top ones in terms of automation. I know that Keep is another big one that people love to use. K-E-A-P. It's another great tool as well that people can use. Kajabi is another great one. Kartra is one of my all-time favorites. I use that in my business. And that is automating like all of my email marketing lead generation. For those who may have courses and platforms of that nature, you can do that as well. That's always great. 
And then there's one called OneStream that I really love as well. This one is a new hack that I've been doing. Sometimes you know how you want to be visible. I'm kind of giving away my secrets now, Gabby. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But you know how sometimes when you want to be visible with like video and things like that, but you don't really want to do it right in the moment. OneStream has this amazing thing where you can have videos automatically go out where it makes it look like you're live. Really? And I love it. I absolutely freaking love it. Type in that one, writing it down too. Yes. So you could essentially like load up months worth of stuff and it will look like you're going live like every week or every day if you wanted to, but you're not, you're just like off doing something else. I love that though, because I find that like, I don't know about you, but like I operate in accordance to how I feel, right? So I'll plan to make content, but if I'm like not in the zone, like I, it's like pulling teeth. So I will wait until I'm like in that space of like ideas are flowing. And then I like go to like do all the videos, but again, right. It's maybe not at the most best time to do the posting or the best time to do the marketing or whatever it is. So then it's like, "Mm, I guess I'll just store it for later or maybe not at all. Absolutely. So that is another great tool that's fast becoming one of my favorites as well. So those are kind of some of the ones that come like right off the top of my head. So, I mean, we keep talking about tools and stuff, I know, because that's like your jam, right? You're like the business support advocate. But I mean, one thing that I think of when I think of clients is like, they like to know the tools. They like to know the processes. They like to know things that make things easier for them, right? That's why they're hiring you. But like, how do you translate to that potential client or even to your existing client, the one that you actually got to sign on, that you are a true advocate and a business partner for them? Because I think there's a difference between someone who just is a one-off project and someone who like truly is invested in, you know, that client being successful and them being happy. Yeah. And that's such a great question. And so one of the things that I do that makes the clients really know we're invested in them is we kind of have this roadmap that we take them through. One of the first things that we do after they've kind of gone through that process is we have that kickoff call with them. And in that initial kickoff call at the very beginning, we're saying, hey, what are your goals, right? What are you trying to accomplish over the next 30, 60, 90 days? And what is your longer term goal? So that we know how to work to help you accomplish that. Because when we know what your goals are, now when we go to start digging around into your systems and your processes and looking at your back end and doing this audit, we can quickly say, oh, you know what? This would be a great tool to help you do this. Or if you tweak this a little bit, you'd be able to do this. And so we really want to understand what is it that you're trying to accomplish in your business because we want to be a key advocate of helping you do that. Whether that's you're trying to make a half a million dollars or you're trying to work less hours, we now know how to support you. So it's like, what are the things that we take away from you? What are the things that we streamline, automate, systematize in your business to help you reach those goals? And that's kind of what makes us a little bit more unique because we're not, you know, the VA team that you're just feeding tasks to. We're literally participating in strategy with you. We do quarterly strategy calls with our clients. And so we say, okay, what's the priority for the quarter? And then we also do annual strategy calls where we're saying, okay, what is the big term picture? What is the big term goal? Let's help you do that. And so one of the clients I think about 
she wanted to take a two week sabbatical where she literally wanted to go offline for two weeks and not have to worry about anything in her business. And so we were able to sit with her and say, okay, what does that look like? We started planning like six months out. What is that two week period? When is it going to be? What are all the things that happen around that time frame? Here's what we need to do to make that happen. And so we're looking at what do you want to accomplish? Not just in your business either, but personally, is there something that you want to do in terms of spending more time with your family? How do we do that? So let's look at your schedule and create it in a way that gives you the space to actually do that. So we become 100% invested in our clients' business. And I recommend that for anybody that is doing service work. People have to know that you care about them and that they are not just a dollar to you. Yeah. And I've noticed too, the more that I'm really in it, like, I mean, like I'm checking in on you, even if you don't sign on and maybe there's potential in the future, like people pay attention. They like you more. They refer more people to you. And that personal touch is what really makes you different because they can easily go to someone else who, again, maybe they'll get the job done, but like that person who needed the two-week sabbatical, I'm sure you over-delivered, you know? So it's just, it shows in the work ethic, but it also shows in the type of genuine person that you are. Yeah, and it's so important, right? Because I tell people all the time, business is about relationships. All the other stuff is a byproduct of that, right? I had so many people saying, oh my God, are you charging her a rate to be CEO for two weeks? And did you increase your prices? And I'm like, no, I enjoy working with her. This is what she needs. I'm thinking about a longer term relationship. And lo and behold, you know, after that, it was time for us to renew contracts. And she's like, I want to stay on for 18 more months. So would it have made sense to like charge her this exorbitant rate for two weeks versus keeping her on as a client for 18 months? It's like, it's a no brainer. Like I'm more invested in people than I am in everything else. Yeah. But I mean, it also goes to show why you're so successful. Cause if you're just chasing the dollar, you know, See how well that worked in corporate. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Exactly. I mean, I was still really people oriented in corporate, but you know, it's just a different mentality. Yeah, it's a very different mentality. And I don't know that most people really get the relationship piece when you're in a corporate environment as well. We'll see. I think there's still work to be done. Yeah. But so, like, you know, now that we're talking about clients and stuff, I'm wondering, like, just for the people who are listening, I like to like be no BS, no fluff, but like, What's the hardest thing about running a business? Like, what are those things that you're just like, those challenges that come up that you're just like, gosh, like, why am I doing this? And then at the same time, you're like, wait, but I'm doing it for all these other reasons. Like, what are those moments or things that you're just like, you know, ugh. It's crazy because they're going to be like, but wait a minute. She just said she loved the people. It's the people, Gabby. It's the hardest damn thing ever. So it's the people you love, but it's also the people that drive you batshit crazy. So it's like when you have team members, you have to take a human approach with them, but you also have to make sure that you still remember that you're running a business, right? Because they have things happening in their lives. Not to mention you're working not just for yourself now, but you've got other people depending on you. Even if those are just your contractors, right? They're depending on the fact they're trusting you that you're going to pay them on time when they send you an invoice, right? And then it's the clients. Everybody's got a different thing that they want and everybody wants something. And, And sometimes they think it through and sometimes they don't. So it's like, trying to balance reality and boundaries and all of that. And because we can sometimes as entrepreneurs be givers, like we over deliver because we're just a types people. <laughs> just talking about that with someone last night, how it's like, 
there is such a huge hurdle for me to even charge in the beginning because it's so natural for me to want to help everyone. But right, you're like emptying your cup and you're filling people up from nothing. It's like, you know, like that type of mentality is to get over. But then when you work with people, sometimes it's difficult because like the giving mentality, you want to help. But like, if you're not going to do the work, I can't help you. Like, I I just, I'm sorry, but like, I can't wave a magic wand and it's going to happen. You need to do what you need to do. Absolutely. So it's still the people that drive you crazy. I think it's the hardest because as you start to scale and grow, you need people, right? You need them either on the client side or you need them in the business side, supporting you to deliver the service to the client or deliver the product to the customer. Like it's always the freaking people. I know. I know. And it's like my strong suit is building relationships. Like that's how I've made it this far in business is having the conversation skills and like all that stuff. But at the same time, there are people that I'm like, oh, I'm like cringing inside. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's just life, but you know, it's. It is. And I'd say the other thing to that too, is just staying motivated and taking care of yourself in the process. Because with the ups and downs, sometimes that can become overwhelming. And so you've got to make sure you've got a community of people that are like you in this entrepreneurial space that understand to continue to encourage and support you. Because there are tons of days where you're like, just burn it all down. Burn it all down to the ground. <laughs> That's literally the past week. That was my exact thought process. Like, just burn it all down. Like, why did I start this? And then you have to go back to the beginning and be like, oh, because I don't want to have a boss. So I better get up I, and get to work. It. Like, it's so funny how, like, as entrepreneurs, like, we would rather get paid nothing than have a boss. Like, that's literally what it comes down to. I don't want anyone to tell me what to do. <laughs> so ridiculous, but so true. Yes. Funny. But um, so this has been great. This has also been hilarious, but also really awesome. I'm so glad that you shared all these gold nuggets and like all of your like secret skills and, and things like that. But one thing that I like to leave out with all my guests is like one final tidbit of like, if you could give advice to your younger self, what would that be? Oh, my younger self. I would say you are so freaking dope and amazing. Trust yourself, like trust yourself and go, just go for it. Right. Don't hesitate. Just go for it. Like trust yourself. I think as young people, they need to know that you can make mistakes and still be successful. You can like jack it all up and it still turn out well. Like you don't have to know it all before you get started. Just go out and make a mess and it's going to eventually turn into something amazing. I would just tell myself, go for it. Like, you're so freaking dope. Hell yeah. I love it. I needed to tell my younger self that too. So <laughs> I'm right there with you. So can you let the listeners know just like kind of where they can find you if they want to get connected, maybe touch base with you if they're interested in, you know, getting some business help or all those things? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me across social media, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, all at your admin expert. You can visit the website at your virtual admin expert.com. So love to connect either one of those. All our contact information is on the website as well. If you want to shoot over an email. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I am so looking forward to hear the comments from people. I'm sure they're going to be like, this was so helpful. Now they know all the tools and all the things they need to have a successful, mentally stable business. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun. Thanks for listening to the Corporate Quitter podcast. Visit corporatequitter.com for resources, extended content, and additional information about our guests. 
To connect with us, stay up to date on all things Corporate Quitter, and to learn more about how you can leave the nine to five, follow us on Instagram and TikTok. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks, guys.